0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And yes, we've got the Sweet 16 this weekend. So make sure you head over to DraftKings Sportsbook and get ready to roll. Speaking of ready to roll, I have no idea what happened. Because I had a spread the word winner. I had a sponsor confirmation email winner. But now they're not showing up on my sheet. I don't think I saved the paper correctly. My script for the show. So there you go. It happens. You got to just adjust on the fly. The good news is we've got Greg Cosell. And he's going to go over some of his thoughts on free agency. But also primarily talk about the draft's top tight ends. There's a lot to get to there. I do have the YouTube shout-out winner of the week. Remember, that's somebody that subscribed to our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which I highly recommend, by the way, either just to watch the show. Some people put it on their big screens or on their iPads or whatever, or just to be able to see the highlight clips of the other shows. Maybe you don't watch or listen to Even Money or Fantasy Feast or College Draft or Business of Sports. You can at least get the two or three highlight clips that we thought were significant from those shows over at YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Shout out to Mark Cohen. He gets the YouTube shout out. How's that work? That means, Mark, you need to go ahead and email me, Ross at Rostucker.com, and let me know exactly who you'd like me to give the cameo style shout out to. It's really that simple. And I'll find the way to figure it out on the Spread the Word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner. Maybe we'll go ahead and we'll have a couple on Monday. I still don't know what happened there. It doesn't matter. Most of you don't care that much because most of you don't even enter the contest. Spread the word at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. It's incredibly easy. Sponsor confirmation email. Take advantage of any of our sponsors. Forward it to me, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. Anyway, I digress. It's big show time. The Big Show. always great to talk with my buddy <laughs> greg cosell especially after a week off greg it's like i missed
2: you after last week well i kind of missed myself last friday i, I had my uh, second covid uh shot uh last thursday and you know i kept being told the older you are that th- the reaction won't be so bad and uh, i've never had a bad reaction ross but I wasn't quite ready to come on, you know, with my normal upbeat, happy self. So sorry about that. That's okay. I don't know if you saw, but I I
0: texted Field Yates. He was out walking his dog. So we usually record this seven fifteen a.m. I texted Field Yates at like seven eleven, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just out walking my dog." I was like, "All right." <laughs> so That's okay, it-
2: I took care of him, so he won't be coming on anymore. So don't worry about it. And he won't be replacing me anymore.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so everybody can follow Greg on Twitter mm-hmm. at Greg Cosell. And if you want his draft evaluations, those are over at FantasyPoints.com. Just make sure you sign up using the code 21FEAST when you sign up at FantasyPoints.com. Again, 21FEAST. You know, Greg, we're getting into the tight ends today. Yeah. And I think that's important. However, it just occurred to me. <clears throat> that you and I haven't spoken at all since free agency. And so whether it's some of the quarterback movement like Andy Dalton in Chicago, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Washington, or some of the moves the Patriots have made, they've been very notable. Some of the wide receivers with Aguilar in New England or Corey Davis with the Jets. Even New England getting two tight ends, which since we're talking tight ends today – what, what kind of jumps out to you about free
2: agency so far, Greg? I gave you some choices to pick from. Maybe you can go off the board if you want. Well, I think New England's fascinating because we constantly talk about a league in which there's 11 personnel as the foundational personnel package, meaning one back, one tight end, and three wide receivers with the ability to spread the field out of that personnel package because we talk about it being a passing game and, and you need speed. And here's Bill Belichick instead of, which I think most people thought, hey, they need wide receivers. He took the approach that he's signing two relatively young tight ends. I think they're both under 27 years old. Um, So he took, in some ways, an antithetical approach, a contrarian approach by signing two tight ends. And it looks like their foundational approach will be 12 personnel, meaning one back, two tight ends. And uh, most people would seemingly argue that that's not the direction in which the league is moving. So it'll be very interesting. Now, I happen to believe that Jonu Smith has a ton of untapped potential as a split tight end. I'm not going to sit here and say he's Travis Kelsey, uh, but I think right now uh, Jonu Smith is in a position where you'll see him line up with a lot of wide receiver locations and be a split detached player in a lot of formations for the Patriots.
0: Is it a case on some level, Greg, where you could say they're almost kind of going, going back, you know, back to the future with guys like Hunter Henry, more or less the Gronk role and John
2: Smith, the Aaron Hernandez role, if you will. Well, I believe that season was 2012 where they had the big season. And I think they led the NFL in total offense that year, playing a lot with two tight ends, obviously, uh, Look, there's many different ways to create explosive plays offensively. I think a lot of people get caught, and it's easy to do, get caught in the idea that, hey, there's one way to do it. you got to get wide receivers. you got to throw it down the field. you got to spread the field. There's many different ways to create explosive plays offensively because ultimately what you're trying to do, Ross, is you're trying, based on your film study, to get the defense in predictable looks based on your personnel. And if you line up in 12 personnel with tight ends like Smith and Henry, the first thing the defense has to decide is are they going to stay base or are they going to play some form of nickel, whether it's with three corners, whether it's big nickel with three safeties, which has become in vogue in today's NFL. So you're making the defense have to make a decision right away. And then if you have tight ends that you can split from the formation that also gives your quarterback a lot more information before the snap of the ball. And that's the other thing you're trying to do, is give your quarterback as much information as possible before the ball is snapped. So another thought on this, Greg, two more,
0: I guess. Didn't know we would go this far with it, but it's just... No, it's it's good. This is football, Ross. This is football. Yeah, you're talking. I'm thinking, I guess I've seen some stats out there where Cam Newton is much better throwing in the intermediate in the middle part of the field than he is outside the hash outside the numbers I don't know that they would make these financial commitments to Henry and Smith for Cam Newton being the quarterback because that might just be this year might not even might not even be this year but it certainly seems like getting those two tight ends fits in what cam, can still do better than some of the other stuff he does.
2: Yeah, I mean, my my guess is he'll be the quarterback. We don't know that, obviously, for sure. They did re-sign him to the deal. Uh, last year, he had no off-season whatsoever. It was evident watching the tape from a year ago that they really did not want to throw the ball with high volume. Now, I'm not saying they'll do that this year either. They have some backs that I particularly like. I hope Damian Harris can stay healthy. I think he's a very good back. They still have Sonny Michelle. Um, as I said, you can do a lot with two tight ends. People probably think two tight ends, Ross, and think, okay, you're going to line up tight formations, run the ball. You don't win like that in the NFL. That's not necessarily the case. But I don't think with Cam, no matter what they do, I don't think they will be a high-volume passing team by choice. You know, I think they're also going to look to shore up that defense. They brought back Kyle Van Noy. You know, I think that Belichick clearly has a plan for how he sees his team. And the bottom line is, is you can win a lot of ways in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and to me, Greg, it's like if so many people are so heavy in 11 personnel, and there's a bunch of people that, you know, the Eagles did a lot of 12 personnel. There's a lot of 12 personnel out there. No question. But, But in the same way that teams struggle at times to know how to fit into some of the two-back stuff that the Niners do with use check. And that. I think that there are – they're just not – defenses aren't as used to some of the stuff you can do, I think, out of 12 personnel. You are correct. And so the Patriots, if they major in that, you know, and we think they will, uh, you know, some defenses won't be
2: as as used to that. A lot of teams do not want to play in their base defense. They would much prefer, their D coordinators would much prefer to put sub-defenses out there, nickel, dime, whatever it may be. uh, They they prefer not to be in their base. A lot of defenses now are not really that geared to play in their base. It's a great point. Let's get to the tight ends in this year's draft,
0: Greg. And really just, I mean, we talk about every position is important. We know that. It does feel like if you've got a really good tight end that he can be a gigantic difference maker. You think about Kelsey, you think about George Kittle, obviously Gronk in his prime, and it sounds like people believe Kyle Pitts from Florida, who's from Philly, you know, I I called two of his state championship games in high school,
2: sounds like people think he's that kind of player, Greg. He is that kind of player. And the T-E, either before or after his name, those are just two two uh, letters. He's, he's a weapon. Um, I, think, I think you could make the argument. I'm not a list guy, but I think you could make the argument that when you go beyond the quarterback position, that he's the best prospect. And I always use the word prospect, best prospect in this draft class. Um, he is really a high, high-level athlete with really strong movement traits. He had his pro day, I think, earlier this week. He came in at 6'6", and 246, and ran a four four six. Um, Think about that for a minute, Ross. I mean, I, you know, I, you played, you know what that means. Um, it, the tight end position has become so critically important in this league because, and I've talked to coaches about this, when you can split your tight end, particularly when you can split him as the single receiver to the short side of the field, what we call the boundary X, and you have three wide receivers to the wide side of the field, that's a very difficult personnel package and formation to defend. And Pitts can do that. Uh, And he can do a lot of things. I mean, you look at his tape, and he has catches one-on-one where he beats J.C. Horn, where he beats Tyson Campbell, Horn could be a top 10 pick. Tyson Campbell will be a top 40 pick, top 50 pick, two SEC corners. Uh, He can line up and win against corners. He can take it to the house. He has vertical ability. He's a factor at all three levels of the defense. Um, Pitts is a guy I could talk about all day. I, I think that just his overall traits are extremely high level. And in today's NFL, he is a phenomenal weapon. And by the way, you're not drafting him to be a blocker, but he's not a bad run blocker. He gives effort. He competes. Uh, there were times he was asked to pass protect. He was effective. So you, like I said, you're not drafting him to be an inline blocker. Uh, if you are, you should be looking for another job, but he can do that if need be. I talked
0: about this on the college draft podcast, Greg, a couple of weeks ago, his high school never threw the ball. Like uh, they, they hardly ever threw the ball. Archbishop would. Yep. They just run power every play. So that's all. That's what he did was block. You know, like that's – so he's not a great blocker, but he knows what he's doing. You know, he, he's he's way better than some of the other guys No that question. have come out in recent
2: years. And I think it's a reflex action for people to say, Ross, with a player like this, they're always not a great blocker. You know, just because he's so good as a receiver, you know, there's not not every tight end is going to be George Kittle, you know, uh, but that doesn't matter with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is an offensive weapon. He fits the NFL game. Like I said, would you want we just spoke about the Patriots? What you want with your personnel and your formations is to make the defense predictable and give your quarterback as much information as possible before the snap. Pitts is a guy besides his phenomenal athletic and movement traits, he's a guy that helps you do that offensively. I mean, Greg, could he just
0: be a wide receiver if he's running yeah. a 4-4, 6, 6, 2? I mean, could he be Calvin Johnson or Plexico Burris or just a, a huge receiver, Brandon Marshall, if you will?
2: Well he'll 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 be he'll be doing that. That's my point, is he'll line up anywhere. You know, it's funny, you just mentioned the 446, which is what he ran. You know, DeAndre Hopkins ran a 4.58. Uh, Michael Thomas ran a 4.57. This kid ran a 4.46 at 6.6, six, 246 pounds. So, I mean, this kid's just a weapon. That's why I started out by saying the T. He before, after his name, they're just two letters. They don't really mean anything.
0: Next guy, I've watched every snap of his college career, and that's uh, Pat Fryermuth Yeah, from Penn State. He did get hurt late. In this past year, his junior year, maybe even it was his redshirt sophomore. I don't know. But anyway, uh, what do you think of Friarmouth, Craig? Greg?
2: I think he's a really solid prospect. Um, you know, he kind of reminded me of it, – it's funny. Sometimes and, – and the way I do this, you know, I sit and I study and watch full games, coaching tape, and I don't sit around and after I finish a guy and say, let me spend 20 minutes thinking of who this guy reminds me of. Sometimes someone just pops into my head – Um, You know, he kind of reminded me of Heath Miller Uh, and Heath Miller played 11 years with the Steelers, finished with almost 600 receptions, really solid tight end. I believe he was a first round pick when he came out of Virginia. Um, I think Fryenworth is a really good prospect. He's got size. um, He's got route running ability. He's got hands. He's got competitiveness. Um, He's not a phenomenal blocker. I think he needs to improve in that area, but but he's good enough. And, you know, we talked about Pitts. He'll get better in that area um, because I think he has want to and commitment. Um, I think he'll be a guy that's very effective at the next level on third down and in the red zone. And we know how critical those two situations um, are. I think he can be a boundary X, but I think that that'll require some work. Um, I think you'll see him there as he gains experience. But I think he's a a really solid prospect. Um, Not a special prospect, but my guess is you can line him up for 10 years. You know, so often in the NFL, Ross, tight ends become a function of team and scheme. I remember when Zach Ertz came out, second round pick at, you know, out of Stanford. And, you know, no one would have said Zach Ertz is going to catch 90 or 100 balls. No one would have said that. But he was on a team that, that targeted him an awful lot. And you know what? He caught a lot of balls. Now, Fryermuth could be on a team where he catches 50 balls, depending on the scheme, or it could be on a team where he catches 90 balls. He'd be the exact same player. It's just volume targets. It's a good point,
0: Greg. Uh, there's some other guys. You know, you see Brevin Jordan. You see
2: Tommy Tremble. Well, there's two guys that I would love to talk about if I could. Yeah. Um, I, I Brevin Jordan, to me, is a fascinating player. Um He's a little smaller theoretically than you'd ideally like, because um, I think he's in, in the um, what is he in the six, six three three range? Yeah, um, yeah. So he's not quite as big, but I think he's he's another guy that fits today's NFL because he's got that strong athletic profile and the ability to be a factor at all three levels of the defense. I think he needs a little more refinement as a route runner but I think he showed that he he has some understanding of that. He's got smooth movement. He's got explosive movement. He's lined up all over the formation. He's really, really good run after catch. And how important has that become in the league today, Ross, with so many short throws, just trying to get the ball to your offensive weapons where they have space. And he can line up at that boundary X on the backside of trips. And that is so critical in today's NFL, but, I think his run after catch is, is one thing that may separate him from some of the other tight ends. Um, you know, there are certain things you don't see on tape. You didn't see him work much against press. You have to scrutinize that. You didn't see him work a whole lot in the middle of the field. You got to take a look at that. Um, didn't run a ton of routes versus really good man coverage in college. You know, and these are things you when you when when you watch the tape, you don't say he can't do it. You just have to research that. And I can't do, you know, I'm sitting in my office at NFL Films watching tape. I'm not running pro days. I'm not doing individual workouts. I'm not interviewing players. So these are just questions you jot down as you watch. But, you, you know, you, it's very possible he can do these things and do them well. We, I, I just don't know that. God, who's the other guy you wanted to talk about? The other guy, and, and I don't know if you've any, done any of his games, uh, Is is Hunter Long from Boston College. And I really like this kid. Um, In some ways, I think he's similar to Friermuth. You know, I think that he's a guy – he's not quite, I think, as good as Friermuth. He's not a special athlete, but he's got good size. Um, He's got plus movement traits. He catches the ball well. The last two years, he played in two totally different offenses – Two years ago, he played in the A.J. Dillon offense. So he did a lot of inline blocking. He was very competitive. He was fundamentally sound. He understood angles and leverage. Um, this year, the offense was a lot more spread. Obviously, A.J. Dillon was gone. So he he was split more as, as a receiver. You know, I think he's the kind of guy who fits just what I said a moment ago. It depends where he goes. He could catch 40 balls and he'd be solid and however they choose to use him he could catch 75 balls I think he'll start his career as a tight end too but I think as he develops he'll be a tight end one now he won't be a tight end one probably in the way that you know well Kyle Pitts is a totally separate deal he may not be a tight end one in the way George Kittle is but I think I think Hunter Long is going to end up being a, a very solid NFL tight end and, and I, I really liked his tape I really liked the way he played and you know He's just a good player.
0: I really like talking with Greg Cosell every week here on the Ross Tucker football podcast. Check him out on Twitter at Greg Cosell. I told you earlier, I'll say it again, fantasypoints.com. Make sure you use the code 21 feast. So you get the discount before you check out all of Greg's draft profiles. How about edge rushers next week, Greg? Sound good. Sounds good to me, Ross. Love me some Greg Cosell. Love me the Sweet 16 college basketball. I've told you earlier in the week, last time I'm going to say it, take $1 to DraftKings Sportsbook, put the code ROSS in, you get 100 to 1 odds. Put $1 on any team playing this weekend in the Sweet 16, and you get 100 bucks if they win. Those are pretty good odds. If you're not really a Sportsbook person, those are pretty good odds. So anyway, trust me, do it. Tuck takes.
1: Morning, Ross. Uh, A lot of news to get to since yesterday. We'll start with uh, Washington owner Daniel Snyder reportedly buying out the minority owners of the team.
0: Right. Can't remember all the guys' names. It's three of them. I know one for sure is Fred Smith uh, from FedEx, the CEO and founder, by the way, the father of Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So they had a disagreement. It seems like it's kind of gotten ugly. I don't know what happened behind the scenes or why it got ugly, but it got ugly. And the short version is they have figured it out that Daniel Snyder is evidently buying out the other folks that own 40.5%. So they own a significant amount of the team. Daniel Snyder is buying them out. And then they are now not liable for some lawsuit against... Snyder. I don't know what. He's got a couple lawsuits against him. But these guys are getting their cash out. They're getting their money. And they're no longer on the hook for any of these lawsuits is what it sounds like is going on. It also means, unfortunately, for a lot of Washington fans that were hoping this would somehow mean the NFL would force Daniel Snyder to sell the team. Certainly doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Tuck Stakes.
1: On the transaction front, most notable is T.Y. Hilton going back to the Colts. One year, $8 million guaranteed. Uh, Dominic and Dominican Sue back with the Bucks. And Eagles are signing Joe Flacco to a deal that's going to pay him $3.5 million guaranteed to back up Jalen Hurts.
0: So I'm happy T.Y. Hilton's back with the Colts. You know, look, I always want what's best for guys. I want them to get the most money, be the happiest they can. I don't really care where they go. But all things being equal – I do think it's cool when a guy can play for the same team his whole career. I do think that that's neat, and it looks like T.Y. Hilton will have that chance. I think that's cool. I'm I'm happy for him, and I think the Colts needed him back and should get him back, so I'm glad that that worked out. The Bucs have really brought everybody back, man. They are, quote-unquote, running it back, and I think they should. They were the best team in football at the end of the year. They were playing their best football. And I think there are people that believe that they have a chance to be even better in 2021. And I'm probably one of them. As for Flacco, you know, I will say this. As a player, Bry, you, you dream. I think you dream about playing for your hometown team ever. But you really dream about finishing your career back in your hometown. Because for a lot of different reasons. One, it's just nice to be back around friends and family. If it's the end of your career, you're probably married. Maybe you've even started a family at that point. So you have your uh, the grandparents, right? right? Your parents with the grandkids. And you can start to get things going for post-football, right? Whatever that might be. And Flacco's made so much money, he doesn't have to do anything. But, you know, let's say it had been me. I could have maybe started to do stuff locally in Philadelphia and back where I'm from, and start to get those things going. So there's a lot of advantages to that. A lot of guys would love to end their career in their hometown because that's probably where they want to be when their career is over, and enables them to get started, you know, in the next phase of their life, the business phase of their life, whatever. And Flacco grew up ten miles from Lincoln Financial Field in South Jersey, so pretty cool. Tux takes.
1: Two other notes: Giants uh, tight end Kyle Rudolph—they're both working out a deal, even though Rudolph apparently needs foot surgery. Uh, and then there's uh, footage has emerged of Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool in a fight outside of a bar.
0: So that's good news for Rudolph. I think he needs to have surgery that they didn't know. We did the physical. They're like, "Wait a minute, this is broken," or "You've got this. We need to have. We need to repair this." And he said, "Okay." And so I don't know if they if that affected the terms of the deal at all or not, or they just agreed he would have surgery ASAP. But that's the deal with Rudolph. And then for Chase Claypool, man, Steelers, yeah, they got they get guys that you know Juju Smith Schuster with all the stomping on the other team's logo and dancing on it before the games, and people didn't like that. Now you've got Claypool, according to this footage from TMZ in a video. You just can't do stuff like that. I mean, you could never do that stuff, Bri, ever. But especially now in the cell phone video and picture era, just can't happen. So, looks like Claypool will get disciplined one way or the other.
1: Let's go rapid fire on a few other contracts. Bears signed running back Damian Williams from the Chiefs. Quarterback C.J. Bethard to the Jags on a two-year deal. Tevin Coleman to the Jets. Patriots re-signed James White and Lawrence Guy. Niners re sign Quan Williams and your buddy Alex Anzalone. One year, $1.75 million with the Lions.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. I was happy for him. It's interesting. A lot of the second-tier running backs, Mike Davis – Signing with the Atlanta Falcons as well, two years, six million. I don't know we said, but a lot of the sort of second tier running backs have been getting signed. They, they called him Playoff Damien for the Chiefs. Now he's with the Bears. CJ Beathard to Jacksonville is interesting, just because it means you got to think Gardner Minshew is probably available via trade if you're interested in him at this point. Tevin Coleman probably already the Jets' best running back. Now, I think they'll probably draft somebody, but he's already the Jets' best running back. James White, Lawrence guy, I think provide more value to the New England Patriots than they do anywhere else, so that makes sense. Kwan Williams is a really good nickelback. And yeah, Alex Anzalone. You know, it took a week, but he's with Dan Campbell, who, you know, Dan Campbell was an assistant coach, coaching the tight ends, Alex's entire career in New Orleans. So Campbell knows him well, knows Alex's versatility, smarts, professionalism, strengths, weaknesses, knows the health history. But he also knows he can do a pretty good job covering Dan Campbell's tight ends. And so he knows the type of person that he's getting, which is really, really important when you're starting a new job, which I think is a big reason why Alex is going to the Lions. If you are a Lions fan, make sure you go back a couple weeks ago, And listen to the podcast, I don't know, 10 days ago or so, that we did with Alex Angeloni here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Learn more about one of your new players. And you can watch it, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, if you'd like, which is awesome. Shoutouts are in order at this point. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, they are all patrons, patreon.com slash Media. They're at the I think we're done here level, which gives you a shout out at the end of every show. Brian, do you want me to do it again? You, you've been having me do these twice a lot. Would you let like me to do it again or no?
1: Uh, if you want to, sure. Go ahead.
0: No, I don't think so. I think we're done here.